Hey friends, it's Heather. Welcome to Bold Mercies, where we gather to build our faith. Because hearing stories of God's great mercies encourages us to live out our own stories with boldness. So this summer, I was uh, hoping to be able to get to you a few mini episodes, but I was on the road all summer long, traveling constantly this summer, and so that just didn't happen. I just could not pull it together. But we're back, season three. I'm super excited to be able to tell you these stories. If you are brand new to Bold Mercy's podcast or kind of picked us up at the end of season two or at the beginning of season two, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about who we are here at Bold Mercy's podcast. So in a time period that is currently enthralled with influencers, celebrities, viral tweets, and our own number of likes or perhaps missing likes, I hope to offer you something different. I hope to offer you the bold and steadfast faith of our everyday sisters in Christ. I love to read. I have read over my life a lot of Christian books. I especially love Christian books about women that are autobiographies or biographies, and they really touch my soul. They inspire me, and they they push me forward to live out my journey with boldness. But as much as I love those stories, nobody has influenced me as much as the women who have lived close to my life. That would be my grandma and my mom and my sisters and my cousins and my mentors and my aunts and my Bible study companions as we've kind of moved around. And these are the women that have really influenced and impacted my life. But these women's stories will never be told. And I think one day in heaven that we're going to realize some of our most faithful women in Christ, they never had a platform to influence thousands of people. They never wrote a book. They never published a book. They don't have a speaking tour lined up. But perhaps we have the most to learn from them. Their wisdom, their simple obedience, their steadfast faith, their joy. And yes, we can all agree because we know and understand that there's also in the midst of that a lot of wrestlings and sometimes failures. So I invite you to come along and join us for season three of Bold Mercies podcast. Here at Bold Mercies, we like to say that stories lend strength. My prayer is that this would be true for each of you, that you would be strengthened to walk out your journey with growing boldness in light of God's rich mercies. Today, I'm actually going to take us back to a second podcast to the second podcast that I released with Jackie Parks. I was listening to a sermon by Matt Chandler maybe like two weeks ago, and he said something that really struck me. He said, for believers, the bar of evangelism, of faithful evangelism, is set really low in the year 2021. We just need to be kind and to love our neighbors. We don't need to know the ins and outs of apologetics. What we need to do is just to be kind and to sacrificially love our neighbors. And I was so struck by that, and it reminded me of the conversation that I had the honor of having with Jackie Parks. And so I'm going to share that story with you. Not all of it, just a portion of that story with you today. 
Currently, Jackie is a pastor. Her and her family minister in a church in Arizona. But when I had this conversation with her two years ago, she had been back in the States for, mm, I'm going to have to say, I think about five years she'd been back in the United States after her husband and her family had lived in Morocco for five years. So some of the stories that she shares on this podcast is going to be about her time in Morocco. And um, it just is extremely challenging for me. And I hope that it is just as challenging for you as well. We will see you next week as I release a brand new episode. So glad that you all are here with us. Join us. I tell people often, they say, what was the hardest thing about living there? And I say, a lot of times it was my own front door. That as long as I could have the courage and the boldness from the Lord to leave my door, to leave my own gate, He was going to do amazing things. And I got to see that. I got to spend five years living in a place where I was still every day learning new words, learning new culture, learning new customs. I never knew how beautiful that was going to be. Wow. I love what you say, that your greatest enemy was your own front door. And it just really took opening that front door and allowing God to just do the rest as you had conversations and made new friends. And also, you know, having little children is extremely challenging (laughs) to move with, but they also create an amazing bridge. You just have these adorable small children toddling around with you. And then all of a sudden, you just have this natural connection with other moms and aunts and grandmas that are in the community. Totally. Once you can get over the fact that people are going to kiss your kids, especially in, in the Muslim world, they just just loved our kids. We had automatic relationships with people. You go to a restaurant and your kids are fussing and all of a sudden they're in the kitchen. Someone has picked them up and taken them <laughs> into out the of kitchen your lap. with them. And you're like, well, this is great. Now we're basically having a date. Um, <laughs> it was way more of a blessing than it was a burden to bring my kids along with me in the work of building relationships with my neighbors and learning and growing. They got to experience that right along with me. I have a couple of moments of living there that were, I would say, are like the best days of my life. And one of them in particular Mm -hmm. was Jay had some clients in this gorge, rock climbing clients, uh, probably about eight hours from us. And so I didn't want to be left at home. And so I said, Hey, Jay, can the kids on are on school break? Can we just come along with you and I'll live in the village and you can take the client. We are going to live like in a hotel in the village for a week. And he had clients for three days. And so I was like, you know, I'll just stay at the auberge at the hotel and you take your clients all day. And he's like, are you sure that means you're going to be in this village all day long? With three kids, I think at this point, <laughs> he had like an 18-month-old, a three-year-old, and a four-year-old. He's like, you're going to be in this village wow. all by yourself for days <laughs> on end. They're like, it'll be fine. It's going to be so great. And this was also a village uh, that we didn't speak the language because it was a different language than what we had learned because it was a different ethnic group. So <laughs> I would either spend the whole day, I would somehow like hitch a ride with someone either like a, I don't know, a donkey or something that was going up to one of the wives of the husbands that own the hotel. And I just sit all day in her house. We would cook together and we would take naps in the house. 
I don't know what the kids were doing, probably playing with the chickens. So I either did that all day long, or I just decided one day in particular, I said, you know what, let's just walk around. And so we would walk and we would meet people along the road and they would say, oh, you should come with me to my mom's house. She would love to meet you. And this is all kind of in like broken language. So maybe she wasn't saying yes, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're trying to show. Oh, yeah, right. Maybe she wasn't yeah, inviting you over. No, I know so, that. Um, she said, oh, you should just put your kids on my donkey and I will, and I'll lead them and you can walk alongside. And so she put the kids on the donkey and we went and had tea. And then we would meet another neighbor and she would say, you need to come to my house. And so I, I literally spent all day long just going from one house to another and the kids would nap kind of on the floor in between sips of tea and and a lot of it was spent in silence because I didn't speak a lot of language and so we're just smiling and kind of hugging each other and maybe watching some TV but those are the moments that you you almost can't quantify them they're so powerful. Yeah. They were so powerful in my life. Just entering into people's spaces and, and, and bringing my kids along to enter into those spaces. We, we often talk about this idea of incarnational ministry and what does it mean to follow Jesus and in entering into people's lives. And a lot of times we think it has to be this grand strategy or grand plan, but most of the time, the most impactful times of following Jesus into people's lives just looks like monotony. Honestly, it looks like that day-to-day saying yes to invitations, going to the park and striping, striking up a conversation with the persons that is pushing their kids next to you um, on the swing, asking names and where do your kids go to school. And so that's, that's kind of what my life looked like for five years in Morocco was getting up and going to the market and seeing what the Lord was presenting me with that day. And I love what you said too about the silence. I mean, I can remember that too, visiting homes out in in a village where there is just sometimes a lot of silence and we think, oh, that would be so, <laughs> you know, other people looking to me, that would be so awkward. Totally. And like it is sometimes, but you just get over that awkwardness and then you receive such a yeah. good, you know, such a massive blessing. And from I don't that. even realize, I think, how much people feel loved just by the willingness to sit in silence the willingness to sit in their living room and enter into their lives, even if we're just going to sit in silence. Mm -hmm. It's hard to even describe, I think, how meaningful that is. Yes, yes. And, you know, when you tote really little children around with you, there's not long pauses of silence. Oh, it's so true. In terms of peacemaking, like, I guess I never even thought about how all of these experiences and all of these doors would lead me to where I am now. It's funny you asked me to speak on this topic in particular, because I, I think oftentimes I don't think of myself in this way. And then I get either invitations or people will make comments. For instance, I helped put on a women's peacemaking conference this fall. And I don't think about it. The people will say, oh, that's so you. And it, it almost feels foreign to me, like a foreign label that's been put on me because I would never consider myself 
that, like I would never put that label on myself because to me, it's Jesus has asked me to be obedient in certain ways. And so those are the ways Mm -hmm. that he has asked me to be obedient in ways of loving my neighbor. And if that looks like peacemaking, great. I'll put that label, I'll put that hat hat on and I'll wear it all day long. But all of these have formed me in such a way. And I think formed my children in such a way that the way we go about our life is just building all of these bridges, right? Yes. One other story that came to mind is one time I took my kids to a public bath (laughs) because why? Of course you would, right? And in this public bath, I now I think, again, Heather, why do we do these things to ourselves? (laughs) I was seven months pregnant with Hannah. And I take Lydia, who had just turned four to a no, she had just turned three to this public bath. And you're not actually I didn't realize this until I was there. But you're not supposed to go to the public bath when you're pregnant, because it's so hot in there. So I take Lydia, she's like, this is gonna be fun, mom. And she goes and it's like a dark cave. And it's full of women she starts screaming and it's like echoing. And so I'm this weird foreign pregnant girl in this public bath (laughs) whose child is not cooperating. And I'm like, well, we have to do this. Like someone is bringing us, we have to do this. So I just carry her. I pick her up in one hand and like my bucket in another hand. And I just take her in there and I introduce her to another little Moroccan girl and all of a sudden they're best friends like playing in these buckets. And it's those those experiences for my kids that again as it as it has for me, I think it has for them like built built this like peacemaking heart or this peacemaking resiliency. I don't know exactly how to put it. Mm. Has crafted them in such a way, has mm. formed them in such a way that now we we go places and people are just best friends that they are meeting for the first time. It's like you threw the shutters like wide open yeah. for your kids in the ways that you shape them. And it's interesting to hear you say that peacemaking feels like a foreign label for you. But I think that the reason is, is because it's not a label, because it's just who you are. When you live it out, you're like, why are people giving me this label? But the reality is it just flows naturally from who you are, that you are eager and willing to be in people's lives and to invite them into your life, to open up your home and your heart to them as well. Perhaps there's a better term, but I think peacemaking, because so many Christian women are fearful of Mm. what is different, are fearful of things outside the box. And so for us, maybe we could call it bridge building or something different, but it's just what you live. And it's not like you are seeking it out. It just is flows from naturally who you are. I just remember an Instagram post that you had. I think it was a few... It must have been last year, maybe. And you had just met someone like at, I think I could totally be getting these details wrong, but for what I remember, it was like the parking lot of a supermarket. Like I said, the details could be fuzzy, but I just remember you ended up in your home. Well, this is like really relatable. So I was walking around Trader Joe's and I saw this woman with her head covered and I just like smiled at her awkwardly, probably. (laughs) 
I like stopped and smiled at her and her husband was there and I smiled (laughs) at him and then I just greeted them and then we just started talking and next thing I know, I'm like giving them a ride home. Then we're having tea and then the next week I I was going to the market and so I text the son and said, hey, I'm going to the market. Would your mom like to come with me? And so I think a lot of a lot of the peacemaking happens in that that next step, smiling Mm -hmm. and then saying something and then going that next step of, oh, I I thought about Mm -hmm you, would you like to do this? Would you like to come to the market with me? Going that that extra intentional step mm. starts to build that relationship, build that connection. My friends have given me this label. <laughs> I am socially promiscuous. <laughs> like end up in a stranger's yeah. house drinking tea after um, you just time, smiled at we, them like 30 my, minutes before. My friend, hey, let's take all the kids on this fun adventure together. And so we ended up going on this fun adventure, like kind of off-roading. And we ended up at this lake. There was a couple fishing. And so I was like, oh, maybe she could show our kids how she's fishing because she was using one of those cool nets where you like throw the net in and then you pull it in. So mm-hmm. she was so, she was fishing and I was like, well, you show the kids how you fish. And so she was showing them and then the husband wanted to show us all the fish that they had just caught. And then they were grilling up the fish that they had just caught on the side of this lake. And they were like, do you want to stay and have some food with us? My friend, the uh, my friend that was with me, he was like, this is so awkward. We can't eat their food. And I'm like, no, they're inviting us to eat their food. Let's sit around this fire and eat their food with them. And to me, that's just what life looks like is let's meet, we're going to meet people in this random wilderness lake and we're going to end up eating with them. And in my mind, I think this is what Jesus did. Like, This is how I want to follow Jesus because this is what he did. He asked people, hey, how are you fishing? And then he sat down and had a meal with them. And it was such a beautiful time of fellowship. In my mind, I think this is where Jesus shows up. This is where we get to enter into people's lives. If you want these power-packed and faith-building stories to come directly to your preferred podcast app, go ahead and hit the subscribe button now. Then every Friday when they're uploaded to the podcast apps, they'll come directly to your phone.